Father God, you are in control. You're at work in ways that go beyond our understanding. And we pray. We seek. And we ask. Give us the faith to trust. To wait upon you and your will. Lord, we're grateful for the ways that you allow us to partner with you. God, bless those who continue to be so faithful in their financial giving. For those who continue to pray daily for a great awakening in our land and blessings on our church and city and world. Now, God, would you allow the word to be taught rightly? Holy Spirit, would you speak to each of us and bring us closer to the Lord? Some to be saved, some to be renewed, some to be inspired and affirmed, others to be challenged and corrected. In all things, Lord, bring glory to your name. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, go ahead and be seated, and you're welcome to uh, remove your masks now uh, for the preaching of of God's Word. Um, You know, it's real important, and I want to emphasize this uh, again, that we need to be very intentional and always, always remind yourself of this. When you're going into a disruption, when you're in the midst of a disruption like what we're in right now, when stuff starts happening that's not normal, you got to really lean in and you got to be, you got to be more intentional about fulfilling what God wants with your life, about really being mindful of the presence of God. I mean, we're in a weird time. There's no, there's no mistake in that. But friends, God is in control and he knows what he's doing and there. There are good things that are happening that we need to be a part of, trusting that God is at work. And God is at work. I mean, today, uh, Riley is one of of 22 who are going to be making making public profession of their saving faith in Jesus Christ and baptism today. God is working through our church family. And, And the invitation to come and see what God is doing is not to come and be passive. It's to be active and engaged and involved with what God is doing in the world. That's why our our mission is to impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus, counting on and trusting in the fact that God is at work in the world, and we get to see it. We get to be a part of it. In this series, we're, we're, we're talking about seeing God's desire for us. You know, the world is always going to change. What we're dealing with now, it's going to go away. There'll be something else. There's always something else. The world is always changing. But here's, here's one of the things that we get to hang our hats on with hope. Our God does not change. He is unchanging. And his desires for us do not change. For those of us who are disciples of Jesus Christ, we have a particular life. It's the disciples' life. We like to think about it in terms of the disciples' cross. And there are four aspects to the disciples' life. For those who are followers of Jesus Christ, is that the center is gathering for worship. At the foundations, equipping for growth. The two arms are serving the church and beyond, connecting in a group, and, and then the highest, the, 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 the elevated, the one that, that really launches out is making more disciples. Those of us who are disciples of Jesus, one of the greatest goals and one of the greatest goods that we can do with our life is to make more disciples of Jesus. We've, we've talked about gathering for worship. We've talked about equipping for growth. Today, we're going to see what the Bible says about serving at church and beyond. Please remember that... Life is intended by God to be an adventure. And so 
things are going to happen. And that's what makes it an adventure. Some things that we like, some things we don't. That's just part of it. But here's what we can know is God has a plan for all of it. God is at work at every stage. God is at work. And so as you grow older, and by the way, you know, growing old is not for the faint of heart. If you're going to grow old, you're going to need to be tough and strong because out of nowhere, stuff's just going to start hurting for no reason. All right. I'm I'm getting there. I'm feeling it. I I do not know why my shoulder hurts today, but I'm sure it'll go away. It just, you know, that's just how it goes. But that's what happens is as you grow, as you go through these stages, there's things that every age, every stage, and, and we can lean in and we can trust that God has a plan for it. Our text today helps us. Our text today helps us understand God's will for our life, for our adventure and how it is that we can serve in the church and in the world. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go to our text for today, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, we're going to be in verses 4 through 7. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. Again, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read from verses 4 through 7. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen? Amen. If you would be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. We've got to be very careful to avoid the idea... That our life only has meaning and purpose so long as we are doing the things that we like or that make us feel important. We have to be so careful to, to, to look into what God has for us at every stage and in every condition. You know, as a younger man, I used to tell God and tell my friends, I only want to be here so long as I'm useful. If I can't provide a service to my family, if I can't provide service to a church, if I can't, if I can't do something for other people, you know, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Friends, what we have to understand is that God has a purpose for every stage of life. And we may not always like it, but God has a purpose in it. Remember what Jesus said to Peter in John 21, 18? Truly, truly, I say to you, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Sometimes we serve. Sometimes we're served. Sometimes we're the hands. Sometimes we're the one being held. God's goal does not change in the service. There's always a service to render. The goal is always the glory of God for the common good. If you have strong hands, use them. Use them for the glory of God. If your hands are no longer strong, then serve those whose hands are strong by allowing them to serve you. God's purpose is always the same. Verse 7, look at verse 7. Here's the goal. It's always the same. To each is given... The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It's always for the manifestation of the Spirit. It's for the glory of God for the common good. It's important to understand what what 
what's happening here in this, in this book of the Bible, 1 Corinthians. Paul, the apostle, was writing to the church at Corinth because they were, they were in conflict with one another. There was a lot of disunity. They couldn't agree on who was their leader. They couldn't agree on how they should deal with, with, with certain circumstances. They certainly were not serving together. And so when we get to chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, we see, we see Paul emphasizing the importance of unity, especially in service. Because the metaphor he uses here is that of the body. A local church is like a body. And we are to function like a body. And each member has a particular place in the body. And each member has to interact with the rest of the body to accomplish God's purpose. You know, the body's a funny thing, the way we respond and and the way it reacts. Um, I I hurt my wrist uh, doing curls the other day. There I was doing something good uh, that caused harm to me. And so we need to understand that sometimes God actually calls us to do things that are good and right that actually cause us pain and cause us to suffer. And we should never be surprised by that. Jesus Christ, the ultimate good that was ever provided to the world was through his suffering. We should never be surprised that we suffer in doing good for God. But it was amazing when my, when my wrist gave out, I, with my other hand, I just grabbed it. See, that's what the body does. When there's pain, there is assistance given by the others. And so I've continued to go on with life because I'm, you know, a man. And so you just go on. I mean, it's just pain. You just move on. It'll go away sooner or later. And, and so it has, it's, it's began to, it's probably almost done. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I tried to lift something and I, my wrist started to give out. So I, it required extra exertion from the other part. And that's what happens in a body. The body's there to comfort. The, the body is there to help. Uh, the body is there to work together. Friends, we are the body of Christ and each one of us has a role in it. We are to care for each other and serve the world. And to do that, we got to have love. It's interesting when you go from 1 Corinthians 12, as he's talking about service, it leads directly into 1 Corinthians 13, which is the chapter where he talks about love. And so understand everything that we're going to talk about today is to be done in love. But chapter 13 is a glorious text that we will, we will, we will say for a, another day. What we need to understand about our text today is the reality that as God's people, God has a desire for us to accomplish his purpose and to serve And so today we want to focus in on God's desire for us to serve. And it's crucial to understand who and how and to what end we are to serve. And that's what our text shows us. And so let me encourage you to take note uh, of these three things. Uh, You'll notice that there is a a, a Trinitarian aspect to the, the text itself. There is mention here of God the Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and the Father. And don't fall into modalism here. If you're not sure what that is, Google it. But we never want to look at God and think of each person in terms of our action or that action that the person of the Trinity is operating within. The, the, the God of the Bible is one in three persons. And each person is the same as the other, but there is a manifestation, there is a certain personhood that exists in each one. And so we're able to experience each person. And, and what our text helps us to do is to sense and see ways in which we can lean into that person. And so the, the first is to understand God desires his people serve in the spirit using our gifts. Our gifts. Verse 4 
Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. So there's all kinds of discrepancies. There's differences, but there's a unity within all those unique gifts because of the one Spirit who gives them all. Now, every saint has gifts. We have natural gifts and we have spiritual gifts. And all of them are so we can serve. And and some have the gift of leading, some teaching, some administrating, some caring. There's all kinds of of gifts that we've been given. We, We need to know our gifts so that we can be good stewards of them. But we need to be sure and be careful we don't make the mistake that many Christians make. And and a lot of it has to do with these inventory tests. You know, right now you can take these tests to figure out your personality, figure out what you're good at, what you like to do, even your spiritual gifts. And again, there's nothing wrong with that and getting a a, a sense of self-awareness. But what you never want to catch, you always want to catch yourself. And what you never want to say is notice something by saying, well, that's just not my spiritual gift. Don't, Don't do that. That's a mistake. That's wrong. Here's what you need to understand. The need is always the call. The need is always the call. And whatever the need is in the church of the world, we, in as much as we can, we are to serve that need with our gifts and our abilities. Now, I've I've already had several uh, responses to the sermon today, and a lot of people were, were, were really convicted about, I really need to serve. And so, you know, where should I serve? I'm not saying that this is where you should serve, but let me tell you two pretty serious needs we have in our church right now. The first one's really easy. If you can stand and point, you can do this job, all right? It's not, it's not real, it's not high, you know, it's not, it's not hard, okay? We need greeters and ushers. When we started opening, when we opened up the church, we had a lot of our deacons that stepped in. We, we had a lot of people, and that was when we had a room. Well, now we have three rooms and multiple services in every single room. And we need, we need more people to point people as to where they're to go and sit. We don't need you to be the, the, the mask police. We're not going to ask you to do that. We're not, we're not trying to, you know, we're not looking for you to be in conflict. Uh, we, we, um, we have a minister for that, and, and Mark is really good at that. But every, so... What, what we need, though, are people who can stand and point. And, and if, so if you want to be a part of that, all right, info at lhbg.org. Uh, Mark or someone will be in touch with you, and we'll get you, a, we'll get you a spot in the church and get you serving immediately, because again, this is a significant need. The second need is a little bit more involved. It's a little bit more engaged. Um, I believe membership is required to actually serve in this role. It has to do with the next phase of our church uh, worship gatherings and opening. Uh, The second phase is going to be to open up our nursery. And so we're going to need nursery workers in order to make that happen. Now, let me me tell you, this is not the pre-pandemic nursery working that that you maybe have thought of before. Parents, you need to understand you're not going to be walking your child and hugging everybody and all that stuff. It's it's going to, it's new policies, new procedures. There's going to be a lot of safety and a lot of space, which means there's going to, there's going to need to be more people. And so, uh, again, if you would be willing to serve in this, I believe you have to be a member. You'll certainly have to get through a background check and be vetted, but we need this if we're going to move on. Uh, again, uh, the way this will work, parents, is you'll have to reserve it. There will, no, there will not be any just showing up and, and, and handing off your, your, your child. There's, you're going to have to reserve it. We're going to have to be ready because, again, we're in a pandemic. This is different. 
But we do need workers. And we can't, if we can't do it, we won't do it. But parents, if this is something you'd want to do, you, you would want, you're going to need to help. You're going to need to serve. We're all going to need to take a role. And we do need the congregation to step in. So if you're willing to do this, Mariana Lucas, mariana.lucas at lhbg.org. That's her email. Contact her on social media as well. Be glad to talk with you about that. Again, your place of service may be neither of those, but understand that we, we have a responsibility to meet the needs of the church and beyond with our gifts. And each of us has been given gifts. You have natural gifts and you have spiritual gifts. Natural gifts, these are our physical, mental, and emotional capacities given to us by God's design. God made each and every one of us the way he wants us to be. I mean, there is a design to us. Psalm 139 verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Every one of us has been made, given the body, the personality, the heart, everything about us, it's a design. And every one of our days, we have a story that has already been written, that, that, that has a destiny that we are to find and to fulfill. And that's the adventure of life. That's what we're on. But it's not in the absence of God. It's, it's, it's in the presence of God, fulfilling what it is God made us to do. And we all have these natural abilities, physical abilities, things that we can do. You know, it's, it's really funny to me. I, I drove by the other day, one of the middle schools, and, and they, were, they were practicing uh, football. And it just kind of made me laugh because I understand uh, middle school football. It's always fun for the coaches because they, they, oftentimes they don't know the players. They're, they're coming in from different schools. They really haven't spent a lot of time. That, and so it's kind of all new. But here's what every middle school football coach basically does. As kids walk in, they look at their 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 physical uh, size you know and that you know they see a, a big kid come in he's thinking line right you hog the the, the upfront man you know and then he sees smaller kids and he throws stuff at them and here's why because if he catches it well that's a receiver if it hits him well that's a db it just depends on how they respond. And then, you know, if they have the unction to pick it up and throw it back, well, that's maybe a quarterback. See, they're just looking to see the, the physical uh, abilities that would sort of lean itself towards, towards maybe fulfilling, you know, that, 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 that place on the, on the team. Now, again, just because there's a physical ability doesn't mean that's always where you're going to fit. I mean, just yesterday we were watching football and I couldn't believe it. This kicker comes out. He's going to punt. He's six foot five. 250. Whoever, who in the world needs a kicker that's 6'5", 250? Goodness gracious. You know, his middle school coach was like, line. He's like, no, sir, I'm a kicker. <laughs> Imagine the, the dis disappointment of that coach. But nonetheless, I digress. Kickers are weird. They stand alone, but we love them. You got to have them. I'll tell you that. But there's this role. There's this ability. It's a natural gift. But there's also spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are supernatural. They really can only be explained by the power of God. And each of us, every born-again, spirit-filled believer has spiritual gifts that have been endowed, given to us by the will of the Spirit. Again, 
a couple of years ago, if, you didn't, if you've never heard the series we did on the Holy Spirit, go back and listen to it. It was after the Easter service two years ago. We did a whole series on the Holy Spirit. We talked about personhood. Uh, a person is someone who, who thinks and feels and, and acts and, and has a will. Holy Spirit has a will. And so we read in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The Holy Spirit has willed us to have certain spiritual gifts. And again, these are supernatural. They're beyond the physical gifts that we have, although they often work in, in continuity with them. For instance, as a, as a natural person, I've always been loud. I've, I've always been one to take charge. I've always been hard charging. It's just how God made me. I'm big, I'm loud, and I have high expectations. Now, that got me into a lot of trouble. But after I was saved, things kind of worked out differently because God, and he gifted me spiritually. And so what happened is this, this personality and all this size and, and all this passion, it, it began to be narrowed and used as I began to understand the, the word of God. As soon as I was saved, I began to teach what I knew of the word of God. And the craziest thing happened, people started getting saved and rededicating their lives to Christ. And so I began to understand, okay, this is how God made me. Now, now there is a gifting here because it's, it's more than just what I'm doing. God is doing something with my obedience and what he's enabled me to do. Now he's doing something beyond what I could ever do on my own. And that's how spiritual gifts work. As we are walking in obedience with what God has given us in natural abilities, he begins to be at work. Now you have to understand them. Your gifts... You need, to, you need to know what they are so that you can be a good steward of them. And the only way you can really know your spiritual gift is in connection with the local church. See, it's only in the local church that your spiritual gifts can be confirmed and affirmed. Your, your church family, those who know Jesus and are walking in the Spirit are able to say, I see the hand of God in this. I see how God is using you. What, what you think was a mistake, no, 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 that was God at work here. Look how God is using you. And there's a confirmation, there's an affirmation. And that's why we need one another. We need the body of Christ. R remember, again, we're given these gifts. Write this down. Gifts are given by God for us to give them in service to others. I keep talking about us as, an, as individually and collectively, but please don't think that this is about me or you or us. It's about God and his work in the world. Your gift and your abilities, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. Everyone has a part to play. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. If you're a born-again Christian, you're a part, you are to be a part of the body. And, and you are to be a steward of your gifts, natural and spiritual. 
And the way you're going to discern what those are is simply by being willing to serve. One of the most influential leaders in our congregation. I met him almost 19 years ago when I first came. And in the 19 years that I've been here, this leader has been a part of almost every major significant decision this church has made. Financially, with buildings, with with hiring, with leadership. But I first met him on a Sunday night. There was a need for someone to be a hall monitor on Sunday night. And it was a real exciting job. He sat at a desk and no one talked to him until the very end. Everyone just said, bye. He, when people walked in, hey, 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 hello, 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 hello. And then quiet for an hour. Some of you are like, that's heaven right there. I'm just, you know, everyone's different. And, and they were like, but I went to this guy, this man, and we met and we talked and we laughed. We had an hour. And, um, you know, what I found was a servant leader. I found someone who said, you know what? This was the need, so I stepped into it. You know, over the years, I, I know that he's been in situations and having to make decisions and pray through things that he probably didn't really want to be in, hours given in boardrooms and, and, and discussions that maybe he didn't want to be in. But you know what this leader's always done? He's always said, the need is the call. I will use my natural and spiritual abilities to serve the Lord. And he has been a great blessing to me and to this body. And so it is with you. You are to be a great blessing. You'll never be that great blessing if you don't step into a role, if you don't start filling a need, if you don't engage with the body using the natural and spiritual gifts given to you by the Spirit. Second, God desires His people serve under Jesus, fulfilling our roles. Verse 5, and there are varieties of service. There's different roles, but the same Lord. Understand, every saint has a unique service to render to the church and to the world. Now, different roles. Here's, here's just a listing. We each have different roles. Mom, dad, child, friend, work associate, volunteer, mentor, etc. But we all have the same goal, to make disciples. We need to be good stewards of our roles. And, and the way we, we're good stewards of our roles is understand that every role is defined by relationship. The roles that you have in life are, are defined ultimately by relationship. And, and so if you're a mom, you have a relationship with children, with a spouse. If, if you're a dad, again, the same. If you're a child, the same. Your role is determined by your relationships. And you are only able to be effective in serving God if those relationships are right. And your relationships with others, and certainly with yourself, will never be right until you have a right relationship with God. Our first step in having the ability to fulfill our role in the world is to have a right relationship with God. And some of you don't have that. And here's why. Because you, like everyone else in the world, have, you've sinned. And that sin has broken your relationship with God. We, we think about this in terms of three circles. We understand God's design was harmony and perfection, but sin has entered the world and we all sin. And it's broken all of our key relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others. And, and there's only one way that that can be fixed and that's with the gospel, the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ. Our only hope of being made right with God is in Christ alone. 
In order to be right with God, we have to repent of self-sufficiency and sin. We have to say, God, I'm wrong. You're right. And I believe that you've died for my sin to forgive me. I believe that you've been raised in our life. And so I believe in you and I'm going to pursue and recover your design for my life. If you've never done that, you're not a Christian. No matter how you've been raised, until you repent and believe the gospel, you do not have a right relationship with God. But once you do have a right relationship with God, you're freed, you're released, you have the ability to be able to serve in the role in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. We are in Christ. And as Christ, we have a role. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. And all were made to drink of the one spirit. Once we have a right relationship with God, we are able to fulfill our role. And God's desire is that we get out of the stands and onto the playing field. We have too many Christians sitting in the stands. They sit and they sit and they think and they think and they talk and they talk. It's time to do something. It's time to get on the playing field. You know, when I was in seventh grade, I wasn't interested in football, which is odd considering the important role that it played in my, my adolescence. But I was in the stands goofing off. And, and one day after recess, uh, we had been playing football and I'd been throwing the ball. Uh, the football coach came and got me out of class. Now you have to understand, before I came to know Jesus Christ, when a teacher would come to get me out of class, it was rarely a positive experience for me. And so Coach Bush was a rather large man, and I'd not been paddled by him, but I'd heard stories, and I was a little nervous. And so when we went into his office, we sat down, and he threw a football to me, and he said, you're going to be my quarterback next year. And I said, what? And he explained to me what his intentions were, and he said, and I'm going to call your dad tonight just to make sure. And he did. And my dad made sure that I, I did play. And it made all the difference in the world in my life, being a part of that team, being able to be a part of that. Friends, it will make all the difference in the world in your life when you start to serve. Until you're serving the church and the world with your gifts, you're never going to know the, the joy of having meaning and, and significance in the lives of others. You may, you may have fun. Uh, you, you, may, you may see and do some pretty cool things, but you will miss out on, on what it means to be the body of Christ, to be the hands of God, to be able to serve. Friends, it's time for you to get in the game. It's time for you to get out of the stands and into the game. And by the way, I've talked to your heavenly father and he said, yes, he expects you to play. And so we anticipate with great anticipation what God's going to do. What kind of impact? Where does it begin? We impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus. We come to the church with an impact mindset. We leave the church with an impact mindset. Each of us has been gifted and placed in specific roles. We got to make the most of each of these moments. They will soon be gone. 2 Corinthians 6.2, let this sober you. Let this steal you and let this cause you alarm. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We're in a pandemic. Children, young people, 
You are in a unique class experience right now. Are you making an impact? You say, well, I'm virtual. Good. There's no telling who you're in class with and the impact that you can make. Teachers, parents, those of you who, who are in the workplace, those of you in, back at home and neighbor, wherever you are, you can, you can make an impact. You need to be looking for, for ways that God would use you to make an impact. We had the neatest thing happen in the last few months. One of our families has a, um, an Airbnb. It's in connection with their home uh, where people can, can come and stay. But when the pandemic began, they, they, they shut it down. So they thought. They thought they'd made it where there could be no more reservations. Well, lo and behold, a few weeks ago, they got a request that had already been confirmed through the automated process that they were going to have a guest. And it really concerned them because, you know, we're in a pandemic. And, and so they, they called the young person and basically said, look, we, we know you've made plans. We want to honor our commitments. We had intended to shut this down. But this person was coming from the East Coast, making their way to the West Coast and really needed some downtime to kind of figure some things out in the process. And so after some discussion, they agreed that, that, that she could certainly come. And so she came and, and, and the, the families met and it was just a great relation. It was just a good connection. It was, it's, there was a sense that God was in this. And so they introduced her to the fact that they were Christians and let her know that they would be going to church on Sunday. And she said the funniest thing, funny to me anyway, she said, oh, I would love to go. I've never been to a religious service. East Coast guys. And, and so they said, really, you've, you've never been to, she goes, oh, I've never been to any kind of religious service. I've always wanted to see what they were like. So a few weeks ago, this young lady was sitting in our worship gathering, listening to you sing listening to our prayers and listening to me preach. She was supposed to stay. I don't remember how long it was, but I think it was, you know, a week, a couple of weeks maybe. Well, interestingly enough, she sensed that she needed to stay longer and they were glad to have her to stay because she kept coming to church and they kept having these wonderful conversations. Well, lo and behold, she stayed 40 days, which is funny to me because I know she has no idea the importance of that number, biblically speaking, of 40 days. But I want to tell you, not this Friday, but the Friday before last, sitting on the front porch talking with this couple, she repented of her sin and believed in Jesus Christ for salvation. Isn't that awesome? So a week ago today, she was sitting in one of our worship gatherings, praising God, praying and responding to the preaching of God's word as a spirit-filled, born-again believer. She is today on her way back and may already be back onto the West Coast looking for a church home. She informed those who know her on that coast, hey, I'm different. I got Jesus and I'm looking for a Bible teaching church because I believe the Bible now, okay? How cool is that? But you know what happened is, is a, a child, of a servant of God was willing to say, here I am, Lord. You've given me these natural and spiritual gifts You've put me in this place. You've put us in this role. What would you have us do? And God had them make a disciple. Friends, you are not so different. You're, you're sitting in offices and houses and classrooms, live and virtual. You're in neighborhoods. You're, you're, in, you're in hangout places where there are people who need to know the love of God given to us in Christ Jesus. You've been gifted with that opportunity.
for that meaningful, significant impact. Third thing to take note of is this. God desires his people serve with the Father. So we've talked about the Spirit with Jesus and now with the Father completing our unique assignments. Our unique assignments. Verse 6 says, and there are varieties of activities. There's all kinds of assignments in the kingdom of God. But it is the same God, that is God the Father, who empowers them all in everyone. Every saint has specific activities to engage in that serve God's purpose and God's power. And these activities, they certainly serve the church, but, but also the world. And again, the more we serve, the more we sense the meaning and significance of our lives. We, we understand and what we discover, the more we serve, is the unique way that God has not only made us, but remade us. We are now in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are a masterpiece. You are a workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says we are his workmanship. It means masterpiece. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. To do good. And look at the good we're to do, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's purpose is supernatural. God's, God's purpose is huge. It, it's, it's bigger and beyond what we can do in and of ourselves. It's something that God has planned before eternity that we now get to participate in as a part of our story and his story. Friends, it's bigger than us. We get to be a part of something big. What a joy. What a joy. Let me ask you a question. Some of you may know this. There's an NBA player, was an NBA player. His name was Stacy King. How many of you guys know the NBA player, Stacy King? One, two, three. Yeah, man, I figured you four. Okay, four of you. Okay, how many of you know the NBA player, Michael Jordan? A few more. If you don't know Michael Jordan, you need to get out more, okay? You need to get out more. And you may need to get out now. I don't even know if I like. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus loves everybody. I'm trying. So there was a night when Stacey King and, and Michael Jordan, they played on the Chicago Bulls together. Something amazing happened. Uh, that night, um, together they scored 70 points. And so after the game, uh, there was a news reporter there and, and they asked Stacey King, said, how will you remember this night? Will you ever forget this night? He goes, I will never forget this night. I mean, I will always remember this is the night that Jordan and I scored 70 points together, which the, the guy doing the interview just busted out laughing. And the reason why I was laughing is because that's the night Jordan scored 69 points. <laughs> Friends, when it comes to God's work in the world through our lives, he's the one doing all the scoring. He's the one doing all the hard work. He's the one who's bringing the victory. But you know what he allows us to do? He allows us to be a part of it. We have an assignment in it. There's something unique for us to do. He, he loves us. He loves us to join him in what he's doing. It, it delights him as a father for us to fulfill the unique assignments that he made us for and, and to do what it is he's doing in the world. Friends, we just have to be willing to do it. I mean, think about your life. Are you, are you really willing to just do it? I mean, are you willing just to step out of your comfort zone and, and just say, okay, God, yes, 
I'll serve. Here's my natural gifts, my spiritual gifts. Here are the relationships I have. Here's the unique assignment that you've made me for. Let's do this. Let's make disciples. Let's love people. Let's make it happen. Again, God's desire is that we serve in the spirit using our gifts. Under Jesus, fulfilling our roles. With the Father, completing our unique assignments. But look, by a power not our own. By a power not our own. And for a people beyond each of us. And a purpose beyond time. Let's not forget the goal Go back to verse seven. Don't forget the goal. Teach is given the manifestation of the spirit, the glory of God for the common good. Friends, what God is calling us to is bigger than us. And it's beyond our space and time. It impacts eternity. You know, a hundred years from now, if you're in heaven because you've trusted in Christ for salvation, Will there be anybody else in heaven because you made them a disciple and baptized them and and taught them to observe all that God has commanded us? Will there be any stories told about your sacrifice? Will there be any mention of you willing to step into the gap and say, here I am, Lord, send me. I'll, I'll go, I'll do it. I believe there's going to be many, many years in heaven where we are shown the impact that our life and the lives of others had on eternity. I think it's going to take eternity for us to understand all the, the amazing ways that God has at work, been at work in, in reality that impact, impact eternity. Friends, I challenge you to ask yourself, it's a question I ask myself regularly, am I really living for those who are beyond me? And am I serving a purpose that is beyond time? Or is it just about what I want right now, what makes me feel good right now, what makes me seemingly look good right now, and it's going to give me a reward now? Or is there a wisdom? Is there a work of the Spirit of God that is that is calling us to something far more meaningful and significant. Now, you can't do it if you don't have Christ and and if you're not walking in obedience to Christ. And so let's do this. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. And let me ask you, have you repented and believed the gospel? Do you have a right relationship with God? If you've never trusted in Jesus, here's what I would encourage you to do right now. Pray to God. Say, Jesus, I've sinned. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. I know you're alive. So live in me and guide me forever. Now thank him. If you've prayed that and you mean that, you've been saved and you need to let someone know because you you need to be baptized. If you're a baptized believer, spirit-filled, saved by grace... Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart right now. Invite him to speak to your heart and ask him this very simple question. God, am I serving you? Am I using my gifts, my role? Am I doing my assignment? 
And if not, just admit it. Tell him you're wrong and you're sorry. And then ask him to use you. Ask him to give you the courage to step out and meet the need. Whatever it is, just meet it. Just start meeting needs. He'll show you what you're good at. Just start meeting needs with love. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing in the world. We praise you because of you, you, you are a gracious God and you've given this adventure of a life for your glory and our blessing and the blessing of many. So let us walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen.